Hello and welcome to Reality Check, the podcast that gives you the truth about the state of marketing. On Reality Check, we interview people who are at the top of their game and the highest levels of the marketing industry. No theory here, just reality. This is the podcast for agency owners. We only talk to the most senior of marketing directors or those at the top of the agency game. Our aim is to bring you heaps of value in just 30 minutes. I'm Oliver Duffy Lee, and I'll be your host. Enjoy. Welcome to our first guest episode of Reality Check. My name is Ollie Duffy Lee, and today I'm joined by the wonderful Helen Christopher. Helen is the global marketing director of a huge international called Verisk. In the interview, Helen and I discuss a wide range of topics from her role to the role of a global marketing director, and finally, to the role that agencies play in supporting huge international companies like Verisk. The key thing I got from the interview is how agencies can behave in a way that's truly authentic to themselves and also in a way that adds value to potential clients. Oh yeah, and how not to spam the hell out of people on LinkedIn too. I hope you enjoyed the interview as much as I did. Let's get started. Helen, great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. As a way of getting started, can you just introduce yourself please? Hi Ollie, thanks for having me on your show. I've been in marketing for more than 20 years now. I actually originally was going to be a social worker and then had a complete change of career. But marketing is definitely something I love. I've mainly been in B2B tech companies, ones which most people would say were quite dull, but I find them fascinating. (laughs) Very critical functions such as engineering and data. So things that are not always seen, but part of our everyday life. And I tend to describe what I do rather than just my job title. And it's really to understand our customers so that we can sell better. I love international and strategizing even complex industries with a view that we can deliver profitable growth. My current role is Director of Global Marketing for Verisk. And Verisk are a data, data analytics and software company. We help customers make crucial decisions every day about risk, investments and operations with greater precision efficiency and discipline so it basically affects millions of lives and tens of thousands of businesses around the world wow that's awesome thanks for that and and so um on various very quickly so how many people worldwide have you got i think at the last count something like ten thousand internationally huge And, and marketing people worldwide i think around 300 in the entire group cool that sounds like a big challenge to be honest but it's it's exciting. We're very diverse, obviously, in, in multiple regions as well. So we've got a good spread across the across the globe. That's great. And and so um, twenty twenty wise, then marketing goals. What are your key uh, things you're striving for this year? Many things. Top of the list are continuous professional development, only because marketing is an evolving craft. Sure. And I think it's important to keep up to date, keep the team engaged, retaining the best talent. The big one is marketing influence revenue. And that's really about tracking the efficiencies of the team and our marketing initiatives and 
what our overall influences and resource allocation. The other main thing is client expectations. That's at the heart of everything. Understanding ways to enhance the buyer journey and product innovation. So working very closely with the different teams, such as business development and the research groups, etc. And that's to really make sure that we're on point with our messaging and any other supporting materials and everything that we do is harmonised with the sales process. So that it's more meaningful. And I'd say lastly is marketing best practice. Now, ironically, looking to do more with digital experiences, but obviously with COVID, it's uh, it's brought things forward. So it's kind of forced us to have to do these things. But that was that was part of one of the things that we were looking to do anyway, and, and okay. engaging more with a digital audience. Okay. And and um, actually, can I just pick up on something you said a bit before about retaining the best talent? What do you think? Uh, what role do you think marketing and branding as a whole plays in? sort of the HR side of things and, and employer branding these days? This has been said many times, but people are everything. Yeah. But I think critically, particularly what Verisk do, we are, we are a service provider. And yes, we provide data and analytics and software, but it's the people that understand that. So it's, you know, employing those with the sharpest minds yeah. and, and that talent. And and they are our ambassadors, aren't they? So yeah. everything they do reflects the company and how we are as a, as a as a culture and how we operate and how we treat our customers. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd, I'd say it's very critical. But I think marketing as a function, it, it doesn't operate in isolation. I mean, there's so many different departments that I work closely with, HR, IT, research, business development, goes on and on and on and on. That sounds good. And, and, and in terms of those goals that you'd mentioned before, what's the strategy? How are you managing to achieve those goals? We are guided by what we call the Verisk way. We've got a long and distinguished history of supporting our customers in managing risk making informed decisions, recovering from loss and complying with regulatory standards and and improving service. We've got an unshakable commitment when it comes to serving our customers with the highest level of quality, service and innovation in everything that we do. And basically it's because we want our customers, colleagues, shareholders and communities to flourish International growth is a, is a huge focus for us, hence um, I joined the company in the summer of 2018 after a lot of M&A activity. I also touched on innovation. We are really passionate about visualising the future and being thought leaders in order to achieve a better tomorrow. Cool. Wow, that's amazing. And, and so the Verisk way, is, there, is that your, what is that? Is that the marketing strategy or is that the sort of company culture or...? How would you describe that's, that? That's the, that's the company culture. That's the kind of mantra that we live by. Okay. And, and that, that presumably breeds through to your marketing as well. So you have an authentic brand at the end of the day, right? Absolutely. Awesome. I think that's great. I think that must be really tough to pre- present that, that Verisk way across your numerous different markets, different countries. But having such a solid Verisk way must be really crucial in that. And so what would you describe as your key challenges right now when it comes to marketing? 
It hadn't gathered already. I work for a huge organisation. <laughs> so it's balancing the needs of the business because although we're clear on what we do and how we go about doing it, there are different people with different needs. So it's, yeah, it's, it's about balancing that. The, the sheer volume, the size of the organisation, the multiple territories can yeah. be a challenge. Yeah. And there's only so many hours in the day. So it's about focusing on the right things that get the right outcome. And the other thing is it's, it's also another balancing act where you're looking at your short, medium and long-term strategies and your plans and campaigns. It's, it's important to have this long-term vision because I think especially what COVID's done is it's, it's, it's thrown in all matter of chaos, hasn't it? And you still yeah. need that, that overall vision. I think we're in it for a bit of a long haul. So you've got to be able to be very flexible um, agile in these situations, yeah. but also still think what are the main goals that we're we're working towards. So again, it's balancing balancing the needs and then also the the flexibility. Yeah, of course. And and so do you um, obviously the challenge being a multinational multi market organisation is there is it a case that you have different objectives and different strategies in different markets, or do you, are you trying to make it more united in that front? There are certain things that obviously as a brand, a global brand that are important, but it, it really depends on the different regions. Some are more mature than others. Some have been about growing more through innovation. So it, it, slightly different approaches depending on what those broken down goals are region to region. And I think that's the important thing. You should always have this global attitude but also be sensitive to local nuances and what's happening in those different territories okay and i get that and so actually a lot of the people that will be listening to this will be um, agency owners and they're obviously very keen to hear from people like you who are very senior very experienced marketers in end client brands so can i just ask what what services do you outsource and which do you do in-house and does that change if I answer your second part first, yes, it changes okay. very often. Mm-hmm. And, and it's very dependent on, on the type of services that perhaps we would outsource. It could be a one-off project. We've got one at the moment, which is six bursts, which are going over six months. But really, it's a short to medium top, long, my teeth in, <laughs> a, a short to medium term project. And then we've got retainers for more longer service agreements, okay. and and so yeah, it's it's on an, it's on a number of things, it, um, PR, creative, design, and so on. But we've also got a lot of in-house talent, so it really depends on what workload's like. Yeah, what's better to keep in-house? What is best to outsource? And I think. I've always been a, a fan of using agencies as well as having your own team. I think having agencies, sometimes it's, it's good to, to have them to experiment with and test. Okay. And then make, make things more operational. So, yeah. for example, in territories where perhaps we're seen as more of a new entrant, this is where agencies can add value with local knowledge and contacts. Uh-huh. Yeah, good point. 
and I've had the privilege of working with some fantastic agencies over the years. And I think it's much about treating them as extended colleagues because they can only work on the information that you're giving them and also that trust to be able to deliver something with as much integrity and quality as what we would expect our own teams to do. Yeah, no, I I completely understand that because in my uh, agency past, definitely the clients and the companies that we worked with that treat us like partners um, and sort of had more long-term vision, we created the best work for sure. And when it was just a sort of supplier-client-aid relationship more, it was harder to create the results. It wasn't impossible, but it seemed harder. That partnership really, really worked for us, actually. Um, so let me ask you a question, because I think a lot of people are, at the moment, obviously, at the moment, most people are at home. Most people are still working at home. And it seems like what's happened since lockdown's taken over is everyone has decided that it's a good idea to spam people on LinkedIn, especially people like you. Is that something you've you found? That's so funny. How long have we been speaking? About 20 minutes. Okay. I've had five LinkedIn messages. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah. Any, any value in any of those messages or just sort of pitching services? I think it depends on how people approach you. Yeah. I will eventually get around to reading them and I do tend to reply to say, nah, handled in-house or if it's, sure. if it's worth it. But I'm not really seeing anything that's particularly standing out. Yeah. And as as much as I sympathise with the way things are at the moment, bombarding someone with very repetitive messages is not going to help. Exactly. Especially as a first introduction. But yeah, I'd agree with what you're saying. I mean, since, since lockdown, I, I did actually have a quick count of how many people have been contacting me and I lost count after 100. Wow, okay. <laughs> That's quite I, a lot, especially if you're actually replying to all of them as well. Credit well, to you for that. I don't know, mate. I mean, I'm hoping I don't suddenly get an even bigger influx because, you know, I just spend my time actually replying rather than getting on with my job. But, <laughs> well, funny enough, I was talking to my husband about this and it's almost likened to, you wouldn't, walk up to someone in the street and just throw a business card in their face and walk off or sat in a restaurant and then suddenly somebody takes a seat next to you and goes I know what your business needs I'm going to tell you exactly what you so regardless of what you're doing with no information about what you actually do yeah yeah yeah. right into this monologue sales pitch which isn't isn't that exactly the problem these these people with that approach seem to be missing a trick actually because instead of having a conversation where they might find out what product challenges you really do have they're making quite a lot of assumptions about which challenges you have and and therefore that you want to work with them on right i'd say yeah making too many assumptions is definitely the big thing yeah the other thing is knocking your current practices without having an uh you know that that conversation as you mentioned you can't comment on whether you can promise a more efficient service to whatever we're doing at a better price without knowing how well that is performing. True. Even if it's relevant. Exactly. So, so what would you, I mean, if, if we talk about like, how would you, in the year 2020, and agencies obviously, you know, you mentioned it, the landscape's tough, right? So what recommendations would you give to agencies to, to reach out 
or to try and drum up some business in, in this year. I heard a lovely phrase recently, which is your agency should specialise, not generalise. Oh, I love that. I think that's so true. And I think it's pretty obvious if you get past the, yes, I'm interested, let's have a discussion. It's pretty obvious when somebody slapped a various logo on a recycled pitch. And I get there's no need to reinvent the wheel, especially if it's worked well. But I think it's about put some effort in if you're serious. But more to the point, it's needing to demonstrate the value that you'll bring to the organisation. But again, you can't do that without knowing the facts first. But if, I, if we go back to what we were saying about people's approach, in those first initial, hi, this is what I want to talk to you about, if they can't even get that right, then it doesn't say a lot about how the relationship will go forward. Yeah, interesting. No, it's a good point. And I think, I think one of the things that agencies forget is that actually if that first inst- that first connection, that first message is part of the customer experience. And if that customer was to then become a client, then that would be a f- the first part of the experience. If you look at it that way, surely you're not going to be sending a massive monologue about your services, for example. Well, it's very me, me, me. Yeah. Which it should be about listening, reflecting on that, and then offering what is a needed value service to, to whatever it is. So I'd say that there's a few things if, if I've, um, you know, could share my sort of experience over the last few weeks in lockdown. Yeah. Be respectful of people's time is a big uh-huh. thing. Mm-hmm. There's also, again, a lot of assumptions that perhaps business isn't going well or we're quieter or things like that, whereas I've been extremely busy and we've already got running programmes and things are happening. So it might be important to them in that moment, but it might not necessarily be important to us right now. So I'd say don't blast on LinkedIn as well. All the messages seem to be very similar at the moment. In fact, funny enough, I, one of my connections had a bit of a rant yesterday and I and I, and I gave it a like and I, I have to agree. It's that whole don't try and it with the fact that oh I'm looking to expand my network or I'm looking to help you and it's it's like no and then the next message would be complete paragraphs about what services they're offering yeah. and could 10 minutes of of my time yeah yeah exactly that's what I've seen as well and there's nothing that's going to annoy you more than that really exactly yeah going back to what we touched on as well don't make assumptions uh-huh. be about asking the right questions. And that also includes checking what in-house talent and representation there already is. It, so just, it might a, just a basic bit of research, basically, in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I think once you've got past that phase as well, if you get to, to the point of, okay, so you're in front of a potential client, having a clear brief will help with a very clearly defined delivery process. Mm-hmm. That goes back to that. One of my big goals is to, you know, marketing influence revenue. Of course. What are we getting from that service? Mm-hmm. How is that adding value to the organisation? And I also think, this is a bit, it's a bit cheeky, but I think 
lose the ego because yeah. it's about doing a good job for your clients, not for your glory. Interesting. But if you get that right and you do a good job, then you'll get more business and you'll get referred. Because as we know, as marketeers, the, the best form of marketing really is positive word of mouth. So For sure. The most the most reliable and, and the most effective route marketing, yeah, is refer, referrals and word of mouth for sure. Interesting stuff. Well, that's good to know. I mean, I think there's lots of anyone listening to that who's, who's trying those approaches will probably, it's, it's as clear as you can be that that might not be the best approach out there. And actually, uh, so Helen, before you go, I just have a quick question about the state of marketing in 2020, because obviously marketing, uh, well, obviously the world is, is in a different state, a strange state right now. What do you think the biggest challenges facing marketing in general right now? And how do you think we can go about solving them or, or taking advantage of them? I think it's the speed of communications is a, is a challenge. But I think that goes back to managing expectations. Mm. Like I've, I've seen it with more, say, household brands that start lockdowns and people have been savage or they've been sympathetic. But then as lockdowns eased a little bit they've gone from like community heroes to well what's happened to my delivery which was expected this time so speed of communication i think so cool well thank you so much for your thoughts for your thoughts on that thank you so much for coming on the show um i'm really eager to i'll be keeping an eager eye out for all of eric's future campaigns and things like that and i will be 100 percent sure to make sure i don't tell anyone to uh bombast anyone on linkedin anymore <laughs> thank you that's appreciated <laughs> thanks for having me thanks Helen take care see ya so there you have it don't bomb blast lose the ego and stop making assumptions that's all pretty clear that's all from us today but be sure to check out the rest of series one see ya Thanks very much for listening to Reality Check. For more info on me, our show or our guests, or just to find out how you can come on the show, just drop me a DM on Instagram and I'll get back to you. In the meantime, keep up the good work.